Welcome to the fucking show. Hello, everyone. I would like the entire world to now be on notice that the Braves are back, baby. We are an absolute fucking problem right now. America's long national nightmare continues. Yes. Yes. So everyone knows we won the World Series in 2021. We should have won it in 2022, but um, the entire league conspired against us to not send us there in back-to-back years. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about that. I think it's pretty common knowledge. But um, now we are back again. We ended the – dude, everybody was riding the Reds' dick. Oh, so hard. Like – Two, the, for the last two weeks. You can, I mean, this is a candle that's going to blow out very quickly. I yeah, I was like, you know, it's that. the Reds, right? Like, this <laughs> this is, like, maybe they make that. The only, uh, yeah, and that's the thing. I think the only reason people are freaking out is because the whole NL Central is an absolute joke. Oh, yeah. And We're, it's like, oh, we have a team that's on a double-digit win streak, which is a feat. I'll give them that. That's a feat. But it's like. You're in the NL Central. You you can win. You can be under 500 and probably win that division. And guess what? The Cubs are 37 and 39 right now, and we're only like two and a half games out of first place. Yeah, I like, saw. <laughs> we're gonna fucking do them. We're gonna sweep into the playoffs, and we're gonna ruin somebody's season. That's what we're gonna do. Yeah, you're definitely gonna be uh, some like division winners, just like bust. Like like they're just gonna yes. come up against you, and like like you'll probably get through the wild card, and then. Play some division winner and like beat him in five games or something. We're gonna, it's gonna come down gonna to like Washington Nationals 2019 years. A team like do. the Mets or the Phillies is gonna end the season with like 102 wins somehow and still it's definitely gonna, not gonna be the Mets and still gonna be behind the Braves and then they're gonna lose to us in the wild card. Yeah. We're squeaking in with like an 83 and 79 record. Yeah, you all are gonna do what literally the Phillies did last year and the Nationals did in 2019. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that again. It will not be the Mets. It will not be the Mets. The no. Mets. The, the Mets are gonna finish the least return on investment for a salary cap team in history. Yeah, the Mets might only win 75 games this year. Um, and that's probably gonna be more than the Athletics and the Royals <laughs> combined. <laughs> it was it was so funny. I saw some interview. Uh, I think it was yesterday where they were interviewing Justin Verlander after one of the games, and he was just like, "Yeah, I don't." I don't think anybody saw this coming. <laughs> it's like, oh, the guy who's making God knows how much money to literally just. Yeah, getting paid bit, yeah. like $42 million a year. Yeah, it's like. To be okay. Yeah, just like you all are so. At, like, I, I don't know. I think. I think it goes to show that you can't. I don't know. Because I really thought Verlander and Scherzer would be like anti what I'm about to say or like would kind of like not fit the mold but it's like when you pay a player they they're not hungry anymore they don't care like that's why with the Braves and right we, we we pay our players it's just way under market value. pay your players minimum wage exactly pretty much in, the, <laughs> in baseball terms yeah Ozzy Alves is making like eight dollars an hour pretty much yeah um, and Acuna is not I mean he's making good money but he is by no means being paid a max contract. No, he's not like he's not getting the Shohei Otani money because didn't you all sign him to an extension for like the next like four or five years anyway? Something like that. Yeah, I know. Like before his restructuring, he was only making like ten or eleven mil a year. Yeah. If if even that, maybe not even that. And then he restructured, and now he's he's still, he's making good money, but I still think it's only like seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. It's, like it's not like he's making thirty to forty million dollars a year like he should be making. Baseball players in their first like six years in the league are the most underpaid people in all of sports. Yeah, it, it, until they explode. Until and they, then they're fed. they get the incredible amount of money. Yeah, they're yeah. living the they're literally given the like the GDP of like small nation money. Yeah. Like just three hundred million dollars over ten years. They're making like every month what like the average NFL running back makes in a year for far less of a beating on their body. Yeah, I saw some uh, I saw some statistic that was showing like all the people who signed contracts last year and like how bad they're doing. Yeah. And it was tremendous. It was like um it was like half of the Mets and then and then Xander Bogarts, uh Jose Abreu, um there was another Astros on there and it and it, and half the Padres also. The Padres got to be the most underachieving team right next to the Mets, too. Yeah, well, so, yeah, and I think the only thing saving them is that it's the Mets. 
So it's not that surprising that the Mets are imploding, even though they're spending all this money. Similar to the Padres. I mean, they don't exactly have a history of winning. Yeah, yeah that's true. But they're also – they didn't have uh, – I don't know. I feel like the Padres were just really, really – like like just an average fan base team, average attendance. You know, like normal baseball fans weren't really like on the Padres, you know, bandwagon. But you they, take they a look a at that roster and it's like – an all-star team from like two or three years ago and you look at it and you're like this team should be the best team ever yeah where are they in the nl west right now like what are i they, know they're third? not winning it they might be third i know the diamondbacks, diamondbacks and then dodgers and then probably padres yeah i haven't looked at it recently but, but i mean they got tatis machado juan soto yeah they got they bogarts signed, yeah bogarts you darvish like Blake Snell, like every big like free agent name from the last couple of years, it seems like has gone to San Diego. Yeah, and it's like the people who are performing for their team are the ones who weren't even like yes. expected to. Like like Michael Waka yep. is like out of nowhere just bawling. Yeah, fucking Jake Cronenworth out <laughs> yeah. here going ham. <laughs> right. Like, when all this is going on. Yep. I think they have uh, – is it Brandon or Brendan Drury as well? He plays for the Angels. Oh, he's, he's right. He did. Yeah, he's Padres. Yeah, that's right. He got traded and then his contract was up. Yeah. Because he was on my fantasy team last year, and he was an absolute savage. And then he got traded to the – Your little thing. Your little cord adapters falling down. Oh, can't have that. to bang against the ground, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, and then he got traded to the Padres, and they used him literally like every third game. Because he can play any fucking position. They're like, we'll just use you when we need you. It's the perfect – every player or every team yeah. has Meanwhile, to Meanwhile, when they like traded that. for him, he was batting like three oh five. Had like twenty home runs or something. It's like, why is this guy out on the lineup? Yeah, I don't understand day. this. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, the Braves are. I don't Shut know. I, up. I, I don't think. I don't think. You know, it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen. But I think there's a chance we can win. A hundred and thirty-five games this year. Roughly. Roughly. I mean, I think we'd have to win out from here on out. But I mean, that's not out of the question. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. It's definitely possible. Yeah. Um, but I think realistically we'll get like 120. Yeah. I mean, that's conservative. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's just so exciting because even just watching a Braves game, they have an average like exit velocity on their home runs of like 109. Boy, crushing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and and they have like I think it's like 25 home runs over 440 feet or something yeah. like that. And Matt Olson is just out of nowhere the best power hitter in the league. Yeah, he's he's what he's he was like uh, like Joey Gallo like six years ago. Yeah, like when everything Joey Gallo touched just went like just 500 flying feet. out of the ballpark. Yeah, or uh, Josh Hamilton. Like back on that crazy, like we had forgot about that guy. Yeah, is he is he alive? I feel like yes. I don't know. Maybe I feel like I I heard recently he passed. If he didn't, that's good. If he did, my condolences to the Hamilton family. But (laughs) what did did he have a four home run game or a three home run game? I think he had a four. That's what I thought. Yeah. Let's see. He was like one of the biggest one hit wonders ever. Because I think he had two good seasons. He also reportedly really loved cocaine. Oh, yeah, he did. He was a very well-documented yes. lover of the drugs. Oh, he, I'm pretty sure he's still alive. His Wikipedia page doesn't say was. It says is. Sweet. All right, good. <laughs> That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably just some, like, baseball coach in, like, some, like, really obscure town in Texas. Yeah, he hasn't. He hit four home runs in one game on May 8th, 2012. I do remember that. Yep. It's wild that he only played for, like, seven years. Yeah, and like one or two of those years was everybody thought that he was like sent from the heavens, and then he just completely fell off. Yeah, he made his debut in 2007, and then he was five consecutive All-Star games, and then he played for two more years after that, and then he was done. Yeah, I think his (laughs) body was just like, please stop with the cocaine. (laughs) I can't do this Well, I think the cocaine happened like before this because he was like the number one pick in the draft. And then, like, never made the majors for, like, six, like seven or eight seasons because he was super into drugs. And then he got clean, and he finally made it to the majors. Which is just not a story I would I would expect. I would really expect him to just, like, then ramp up a the drug addiction. cocaine rampage into the major leagues. Yeah, it's like when all the pitchers were on greenies. Yeah. Like, back in the day. Everybody. It's like, I need more to pitch better. Everybody was on the greenies oh, yeah. back in the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, they all would be now if they weren't, you know, like, bad for you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> How many how many players do you think would take steroids 
if they allowed it. Do you think it would be all of them, or do you think we're looking at like 50-50? Uh, or maybe less, maybe more? I think we're thinking – I'm saying like 40%. I, 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 that's, that's a good number. I like that number. It's like I would f- say at least 30 to 40 because – because the ones that aren't hitting like nuclear shots because they just can't do it, I feel like really would want to feel that. Or, or maybe they're they're the ones that's like, dude, if I could just take steroids, like I could hit, yeah, forty five home runs a season, fifty home runs a season, and then they just dabble in it. But I, I like, do you think the ones you, you know like the Matt Olsons or the Pete Alonso? I can Pete Alonso would Pete, definitely. Oh my fuck, god, he would inject it straight into his fucking neck, <laughs> straight into his fucking forehead. <laughs> Pete Alonzo would fucking grow hair like a goddamn gorilla if he took steroids. Yeah, he, like, would, <laughs> he would come out and he would literally just look like a, like a yeti. Yeah, <laughs> like just. Yeah, but, then, but he's trying to like hide it, so it's like he shaves from like his sleeves down, but it's busting out of his chest. <laughs> you can just like, see fucking white fur yeah. popping out the top of his jersey. His, his eyes are just like wide this uh, he, he he already looks like he's methed out like every single time i see him do anything and then he had that charade at the home run derby where he's lifting weights in between You're like sessions. okay just doing fucking deadlifts yeah, he's doing wall sits and he's like meditating he's oh god i don't i don't know what it is i really i there's not i don't hate the mets i've talked about this before i think I've never had to worry about any team in the NL East as a Braves fan because they've just been all really bad, and the Braves have like you're entirely. Really like, I think the pretty sure the Braves have won like eighty five percent of the division championships in your lifetime. Yeah, I think in like my first twenty years of existence, they made it to like eighteen straight playoffs or yes. something like that. So I never, I never hate anybody. But Pete Alonso, and I think it's because he's so easy to make fun of. Like definitely in high school, he was one of those kids that. He, he would get bullied so hard, and then all of a sudden, he just became, like, the biggest kid ever yeah. at school. So, people, like, quit bullying him. So, he has that mentality of, like, I've been the biggest guy in the room. So, when he tries to make a joke, he's expecting people to laugh, but really, he's not funny at but all. He definitely... Oh, he's definitely a guy that, like, tucks his T-shirt into his jeans. Yes. Like, <laughs> like that's the like image I'm getting of him. Yeah, he he like he, he gets all of his, like, fashion advice from his dad. Yeah. <laughs> he walks out and he's got New Balances on. <laughs> he switches up his shoelaces to be different every now and then. Oh, get some fresh New Balances. Yeah. And then, like, he rotates them out to cut the grass in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he has grass a... cutting shoes. He has a riding mower for sure. Yeah, he definitely still cuts his own grass yeah. in, in New York. <laughs> he had a father of two mentality his entire life. Yes. Uh, but, yeah. So, the Braves are back, baby. We're winning 135 games. Um, and then also, com- to completely switch the topic, shout out to uh, Fat Boys Everywhere. Yeah. Because we got a Fat Boy champion, baby. Fat Boys took the title right as the skinniest of boys is coming into the league. Yes. That's, dude, every single kid that gets drafted now – they all look the same. They're just different heights. Yep. Like they're all six ten to or like six four to seven five, a hundred and sixty five pounds. Six eight, and they're built like popsicle stick men. Like yeah. just long arms. Literally, it's and- it's fucking wild. It's because they've been playing. It's because they've already played probably five thousand games of basketball in the past like eight years. And they're eating just enough to continue to play. It's basketball. become very clear that a very certain type of like human is being phased out of the NBA. Just anybody that's like of average build, like a, back in the day, you could be a six one, one hundred and eighty pound point guard and like still make it in the NBA. Yeah. But now, if you're not like six seven with like yeah. freakishly long arms, like there's not a place for you in there anymore. Yeah, which is actually crazy because the only one that looks any different in the draft was Scoot Henderson. Yeah. And he's six two, like two twenty. He's built like he's an, built like a linebacker. Like a safety in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, literally. Which it's just crazy that he still went that high when everybody around him is built like they are. I'm I'm calling it I think I I don't know if they're going to, but they they should. In the next five to ten years, I think they're going to have serious conversations about whether or not they need to raise the rim. If there's, like, any more, like, Wimbanyamas out there. Dude, well, that's, and that's the thing is, like, in history past, there's always the first one, and then, like, that's all there is. That's what happens. So, what's going to happen is Wimbanyama is going to come out, he's going to ball out, 
And then five years from now, we're going to get like Wimbenyama 2.0 and there's going to be like three of them in the draft. Yep. And they're all going to be better than Wimbenyama. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be wild. First you had like you had like Michael Jordan and then that turned into Kobe Bryant and Tracy McGrady yes, and exactly. Vince Carter. And- yep. And then you had like – um, you had like, and then you had like the dominant big men. You had like the Shacks, the Dwight Howards, and then like who like like the Greg Odins, and then well, you all had the, like the big back to basket big men for the longest time, and then it yeah, was Timmy like, D, Yow, like early two thousands. All of a sudden, you have like the Amari Stoudemire's and Dwight Howards. It's like yes. now everybody's center has to be like a freak athlete that can yeah. jump out of the gym and block shots. Well, and- well, what it's essentially coming, and I've seen analysts talk about this. It's positionless basketball now. It's it's just everybody like everybody can do the same stuff. It's just height. So if you can have a guy who is seven five also run your point guard then why not? That's a fucking matchup nightmare. Exactly. Like, eventually, like, I'm, I'm very curious to see how long it's going to take for us to have, like, there's not a single starting five that's under, like, 6'10 average. Like, 6'9", yeah. 6'10". Like, can you imagine five seven-footers on a team? You got fucking LeBron running the point. You yeah. You got, like, a KD at shooting guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the years of NBA players under six feet is over. I it's think it's be over. Very hard. Like, who's the dude from K State last year that? Oh, he, he's got no chance. Yeah, well, he went undrafted, but I think he got picked up. Yeah, I mean, he's like five eight. Yeah, he's. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. There's like, no chance that dude's playing in the NBA these days. Like, who was the last one? Isaiah Thomas, maybe. Isaiah Thomas, and then like Tyler Eulis played. He was he he gave serviceable minutes for a while. And like the shortest player in the league keeps getting taller too, because like you had like Muggsy Bogues back in the day that was like five three. Yeah. And then, like, our generation, you had uh, Earl Boykins, who was, like, 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. And then nowadays, like, the shortest player in the league is, like, 5'9". Everybody's like, look how tiny he is. Yeah. It's like, that's an average-sized adult. Yeah. Like, that's- <laughs> oh, speaking of average-sized adult, did you see – did you watch the draft? Uh, yes, I did. When Wimbenyama stood up and he starts, like, walking towards the stage, you had, like, ushers who were, like, leading him. And I'm assuming the ushers were probably – my height, your height, anywhere between size. anywhere between the two, like between like five nine and like six foot, probably. They no joke came to his stomach. Yeah, stomach. Like he could literally rest his sh- like elbow. That's a on their head. That's a fucking alien. He's, like, he's not, not. He's not a human being. That's and then he walks up and he goes up with and Adam Silver's on the stage. Adam Silver's like six three. I yeah, think. he's a tall dude. Like he's a tall dude and he's just towering over. He's he is a foot and two inches taller. They than both look like fucking aliens, honestly, because Silver kind of looks like an alien by himself. And hey, then, he, he probably like he was probably the first, and then he was like, "Oh, just bring him down here. We'll sign him up for basketball." <laughs> this is like a that's scene, how we rule the world. Like we take scene, over basketball. It's like a scene in Men in Black. Like yeah. they shake hands and they go backstage and they're like, ah, and they talk about ruining the universe. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Space Jam style. Yeah, I think Bobon was like the first one. Like Bobon came down and they were like, "This one's not working. Make him black." Goofiest looking <laughs> motherfucker in the world. It was the fucking prototype, and they're like, "What is this shit?" They're yeah. like, "What is this?" Running <laughs> Run back, we asked for a Wimbanyama, and you gave us this. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, he that, can barely walk. That was the first. Uh, yeah, the first thing the machine spit out. It's like we're still working on it, boss. So the first one was probably okay. I guess the first one would be like minute ball. Yeah, and, and they were just like. This, there's no way this is structurally yeah. sound. Yeah, like, make, this, this isn't going to work. Make it fatter. <laughs> yeah, make him a little bit fatter. And then they kind of like, they kind of like smushed it down a little bit and made it more stout. And that's what like Boban is. Yeah. Like, that's why his face is all fucked up and weird looking. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, you got the right idea. We're going in the right direction. Yeah. Maybe a little bit skinnier, like a little bit taller. Yeah, and then they made women yama, and they're yeah, like, land him in France so they can eat. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna need all the bread he can get. Yeah, I, I swear. I mean, if that's if you wanted to take over a nation, like I feel like that's like where you would start. It's just like it's, it's especially if like if you couldn't change the structure of your being, like if you were naturally just a giant yeah. human being, and it's like all right, just take over their sports world, and we'll just build from there. Like that's what the Saudis are doing. So, like, what if? What if when, like, LeBron James was, like, 25, the United States government was like, look, we'll pay you $500 million a year, and we're just going to fucking basically breed you with all of the largest females that we have, 
and we're just going to create a fucking like, super soldiers of six, eight, 260 pound monsters. Yeah, that would, uh, that would be insane. I mean, every, I mean, that's what fucking, um, Will Chamberlain did. Yeah. There's no telling how many, like, how what many if, Will Chamberlains there are running around? What if... 10,000 women? What if fucking 23 and me, like, they did it for the whole NBA, and it came out, like, 52% of the NBA came from Will Chamberlain DNA, like... Oh, God, that would be insane. Do you think they still have Will Chamberlain DNA? I mean, it's... I mean, they Is would it, be it, to, it in, like, the bank? I wonder... I wonder yeah. if he ever got offered money for, like... Well, probably not, because he was spreading it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> There's just somebody like, well, you... Can, can we have your... And then before they even finish, he's like, yes. I don't think he was like, no... If you pay my price, I think he was just willingly offering it for free. That dude was going ham. I mean, why not, dude? Yeah, why not? I mean, there are diseases out there. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. But I'm not sure how he died. I'm hoping it wasn't one of those. No, I think uh, I actually don't know how he died. I think he was like fairly old, though. It wasn't like a tragic kind okay. of death. Okay. Well, anyway, died from the complications of syphilis, like fucking no, out, like I'm, Al Capone. I'm not quite sure like Al- the circumstances of his death, so it's like <laughs> that could be the case. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's so let's see, Women Yama one, Brandon Miller two, and apparently Hornets fans were super mad about that. I don't know why. I mean, he's good. He's very good, and Scoot Henderson like. Scoot Henderson's basically Anthony Edwards 2.0, and like Anthony Edwards is good and proven, but. Brandon Miller is pretty much like prototype KD almost. Like yeah. he's kind of like a KD. Style. I think he's a little shorter. Reminds than Reminds me of like a Brandon Ingram. I was about to say Brandon Ingram as yeah. well. Like he he has that same style of play. Like like the big forwards that can just get a bucket. Yeah, you can play three or four. Yeah, you can go out and shoot from three. You can dunk. You can yeah. Like he puts on pass. a little bit of weight and he's he's like a Jason Tatum almost. Yeah, I mean that's the same style of player. Yeah, it's so I I, I don't know why they're upset about that. I, I knew, think I think more than anything they're just trying to get. I mean MJ is selling the team. Also, what a fucking come up, dude! Did you see the numbers? Bought him for like two hundred million. I think it was like three or four hundred, but he's he's selling them for like three billion or yeah. something in like, like a decade. Yeah, he he made like. It was like plus like ten thousand percent on his investment. That's or what some Michael shit. Jordan need needed. Yeah, right. Three more billion. Dollars. Exactly. Yeah. It's just ah, uh, but yeah. So it is hilarious how bad of an owner he was, though. As far as like horrible. the success of the team, they had. That's one team in the NBA that has literally had zero success in the last like twenty years. None, and they haven't drafted that bad. And there's never like every other team has had like a couple years where it's like, oh shit, the fucking Atlanta Hawks won fifty eight games this year. It's like no, the Hornets are eight seed, it's like seven seed or below every single season. Yep, yep. They always, I mean, they've always, I don't know, they were always young. Anytime I ever saw the team. There was never any veteran pieces on it. Like, they had Tony Parker one year, but yeah. Tony Parker was, like, 58. And it's like, he's not going to really do anything. And then, who was – I mean, they had a – well, they had a couple, like, international veteran players. Yeah. But then they always had – they always for one, they always had young players because they always had draft picks because they were always so fucking The only bad. draft pick that they hit on, I feel like, through that whole time was Kimba Walker. Well, they had Kimba, Mello, P.J. Washington – PJ has um, been like kind of a hit. Like he hasn't had then, like the greatest NBA career. It's, but he's yeah. He's I mean he's still he's a good role player. Yeah. And then they I'll had give you um, eleven or twelve points a game. But if you're picking in the top like ten or so every year, did you they need, draft Rozier or did they trade for Rozier? Was he was uh, he on the Celtics first or no? Yeah, he was on the Celtics, Celtics first. first. I okay, well, never mind there. I don't know. It's just like yeah. I mean, I guess they haven't had great. They drafted teams. Malik Monk in the top ten, and then he sucked there and then as soon as he left he's been dope everywhere else he's went right well that that's what i was trying to say is like the the players that have left that team have gotten better yeah so it's definitely a team thing. definitely something wrong there yeah. how many times do you think mj like comes to practices and he's just like shit talking everybody shit talking everybody he's just like walking around the perimeter just like putting the fear of god in everyone yeah and then like occasionally he'll like flirt around with getting out yeah <laughs> That's what I knew the Hornets were going to take Brandon Miller because they were asking about his workout in Charlotte, and he talked about how he was, like, talking shit to Michael Jordan while during, like, the workout, like, telling him to come play him one-on-one, and I was like, I bet Jordan fucking loved that shit. Oh, yeah. I bet he was like, that's our fucking guy right there. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. He's like, yeah, he's got that killer mentality. It's like, 
a lot of people who talk shit aren't that good. Yeah. Like, that's why they talk shit. Because they're not good enough to beat you, so they just, like, get in your head. Yeah, you just... You, MJ, weren't You specifically could back it up. Yeah. Like, you were a legendary, like, shit yeah. talker. Also, every single basketball player I've ever met or seen shit talks on the court. Constantly. Like, almost every single one. So it's like, what differentiates, like... I couldn't be in the NBA for that reason. I'll just be like, dude, shut up. I'm yeah, just trying up, to... Dude. I'm just trying to, like, we're just out here, like, doing our job, man. Yeah, I'm just trying to have fun. Yeah, you don't You're have taking to talk, it way too seriously. Talking about my mom and shit, dude. <laughs> it's like, just start crying. <laughs> it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're crying and you're just, like, pulling up from 30 and banging it. The ESPN. Talking about my mom. shooting your free throw and, like, ESPN cameras. You just get tears coming down your eyes while you're shooting. But you're just fucking hooping. Dropping triple doubles, crying all game. What were you crying about? Like a post-game press conference? Like, what were you crying about during the third quarter? It was like, you just said some really hurtful stuff yeah, about my family. Everybody's so mean. I'm just trying to do my job yeah. and do a good job for this team and coach. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they all pick up that you're better when you're, like, sad, so you just get bullied all day yeah. in practice. <laughs> Your coach is just ripping you. <laughs> you little fat boy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Oh, all right, we got to talk about this. Um, fucking Grady Dick, dude. What was his outfit? I, he, he was I dressed... I that's what you want to talk about. Yeah, he was dressed like like a reverse villain from, like, The Wizard of Oz. Or yeah. He, or, or, like, one of the um, residents in Hunger Games, like, yep. from uh, Pan Am, like, just walking around. Just like really, an Olympic figure skater. He looked insane. And that's the thing. He's trying to, like... He's getting all these eyes on him because I think he knows that, like... I don't know. He he makes me think that like he was watching Tyler Hero, like when he got drafted in play, and he's like, "I'm adapting that persona right there." That's me. But it's like he's just not cool enough to like pull it off. But no, he's got to cut his hair, dude. He he just he has to cut his hair. Yeah, like the little like floofy like he, white boy hair does he, not work. You got it. I just I. He looks like every kid from every suburbs that's ever lived. You either gotta, if you're a white dude in the NBA, you either have to have a buzz cut or uh-huh. you have to be like fucking Birdman with like the spiked mohawk and shit. You can't. There's nowhere in between where you're gonna look cool. Yeah, Gordon Hayward learned that. Yeah, he came in with like the swoop, the floppy, and swoop he, he got no respect. And then he got like a decent style uh, style haircut, and then he started balling. He met one black dude who was like, yeah. "Dude, we're taking you to the barber to get a fade." Yeah, like, <laughs> he was like, "This is so tight." Yeah, he's he's like, "Nobody's gonna hang out with you looking like that." I'm sorry. <laughs> we're not gonna put you on camera. He left Utah, and they were just yeah, like, he's, "Well, that's true." There's probably no good barbers in Utah. Yeah, you see what Andre Karolinko looked like, dude. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Grady Dick. I don't know, man. It's like, first of all, I don't really like him because I hate fucking Kansas. But, I don't know. Dude. Also, like, you can't dress like that and get picked like 18th, dude. Like, that's a top that's five. That's true. That's a top that's five outfit. That's yeah. a top five draft pick outfit. You don't get to wear that. Yeah, and the fact that you're like, out of all the people and how everyone was dressed, you're the one that I can fully remember. Yeah. Like, the way the way kids are dressing now when they get drafted, and it's like, I remember you specifically. Yeah. Scoot, I, maybe that's what he was going for. Scoot Henderson kind of had a little bit of crazy. He was going, going crazy. On. He had the grill. Yeah. He had the grill. He had the open shirt with, like, the, the biggest fucking, fucking chain the ever. The bedazzled, like. Yes, like cuffs or yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was crazy. Yeah, his agent definitely fronted him a fuck ton of money. Victor Wimbanyama just had, like, a basic like whatever like fabric they could find i guess they were just like i need some a suit that can fit somebody that's this size and yes. they were like we'll see what we got like yeah. <laughs> also was that his brother that was next to him i think so that's how prob- big is his that's probably also brother. like six eleven. yeah it's so i looked it up i think it's his older brother so i'm guessing like i mean we haven't heard about him so i'm guessing he wasn't any good at ball or he didn't know ball did not know ball. But did know ball. But, like, the, the dude was massive. And he also looked just fucking like Wimpanyama. I was like, what is going on here? I can think is of there no- a twin? I can think of nothing worse that could happen to me than me being 6'11 or, like, 6'10, but also, like, not, like, playing basketball professionally. Right. Well, he, I mean, You're they're just from, fucking 6'10 for no reason. Yeah, they're from France, right? Yeah. So it's like, that's obviously not sport number one over there. Yeah. So they were probably like, you're going to play tennis. <laughs> they were like... He, he was like, are you sure? He really wanted to be a soccer player, and they're like, dude, you're so fucking huge. We can't yeah. – we have nowhere for you. Yeah, it's like you, you're you're over the goal. We yeah. can't even put you in goal because you can't get to the ball <laughs> on the ground. 
Just so stand in the goal and spread your arms out like this. Yeah. Did you see the picture of him with all the Spurs legends? Yeah. Like Ginobili and Tim. He makes Tim Duncan look short, Tim which Duncan, is insane. Tim Duncan's transformation, like, post-career has been wild Dude, to he's me. living the best life ever. He's got, like, fucking... You know, he's just... He's, like, rosted out. Yeah, he's got, like, fucking dreads. He wears, like, a bandana on his head at all times. <laughs> I feel like he's just spending all of his time either, like, just traveling abroad on wherever or he's just like well i think he's an assistant coach on the spurs is he really yeah oh well never mind them that actually makes me think like less like i thought that he was just like in like wine country somewhere just like living off the grid yeah well he looks like fucking 2010 like wiz khalifa essentially yeah 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 timmy did you imagine Tim Duncan as your coach. It's like having Kawhi Leonard as your coach. There's a reason why. He says like four words of practice. There's a reason why. I love the stories about Tim Duncan trash talking to you. KG was like, he'd be the most frustrating person to trash talk to because he would just trash talk you in like two word sentences. Yeah, he'd be like, ooh, got him. Like, ooh, got him. (laughs) Bank shot. Like, nice try. Yeah, nice nice try, big fella. (laughs) (laughs) That's so infuriating. You're just like, yeah, bitch, you yeah. can't get a shot off. And he just fucking hits like a fadeaway off the glass on you. And it's like, ooh, got him. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to get in his head so hard and he's just literally not even looking at you. The Kawhi trash talk killed me too because he talks in just like catchphrases. Yep. <laughs> Poor man gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> he just says like five words the whole game and it's just like, booyah. <laughs> got him. Yeah, he's like. Board man. He's Board like, man. He's like. Make like a banana and split, and then he just like crosses you up. <laughs> like fuck, I know it's coming every time because he leads with his special catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, so. Oh, okay. So an update on me abstaining from TikTok. I'm still doing it. However, um, I have discovered Instagram TikTok. And the struggle's fucking real. First of all, Instagram reels are a joke. I hate them. I hate everything about them. You're on Gen X TikTok. How often are you on IG TikTok? Never. I don't think I've ever once been on Instagram reels. So it looks almost just like TikTok, just like the much more basic version of it. You can't pause the video. When you click the video like you would on TikTok to pause it, it just mutes it. So if you're trying to like stop it to have a conversation and there's no fast forward or like rewind. So you have to like scroll back up and scroll down and like start the video over. So there's no video manipulation. Yeah. You can't get to any part in the video that you want and you can't pause it. So you like, you have to like mute it if you're trying to like have another conversation and then like find your way back in the video Two, the difference between the TikTok comment section and the IG comment section are crazy. TikTok comment section is gold. Everyone knows that's where borderline some of the funniest people also funniest people on earth are is in the TikTok comment section. Yep. So I looked in the IG Reels comment section and it's just filled with people trying to be funny and it's the most lame joke ever. And it still has like 10,000 likes. And I'm like, that's fucking not. It's all of the people that just discovered this that have been using Facebook. Exactly. It's yeah. People have migrated over or it's like older people who who like refuse to get TikTok or like, or it's, or it's like Cholitos who don't use TikTok and only use IG, but have like a very like dad sense of humor. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I looked on, I like rarely ever look at Instagram for the most part. And I got on there and I saw that Cholito had sent me like six different like Instagram. He he doesn't have TikTok. He refuses (laughs) to use it. Um, And I was like, oh shit. I didn't realize these were here. Yeah. So the difference between TikTok and IG comment section, TikTok's way better. Also, a lot of the people in the IG comment section, like if there's a, a video that has like an underlying joke or it's like, you know, like the really awkward videos that are funny to most people. Yes. They don't get it. They're like, what is this? This is stupid. Or they're trying to be serious about it. It's basically like Facebook 2.0. Yeah. It's, it's like whenever somebody makes a joke on Facebook and everybody's super righteous, like, can't believe they would do that, blah, blah, blah. I was like, this is obviously satire. They're like tagging. And you're just it. not catching <laughs> they're it. They're like tagging their employers. This is the kind Literally. of attitude that you want. Yeah, it was, it's crazy. Staff. I'm like, this is real. This is really happening. So I'm probably going to fold and get, re-download TikTok here soon because I, I'm. it's just the best thing ever, dude. TikTok could have, like, the darkest fucking humor possible. And people in the comment section are just, like, losing their minds with laughter. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's where all of, like, the scourges of humanity, but also the funniest people you've ever met. 
are that's, on TikTok. They're, they're the same people. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, you had an interesting weekend. Yeah. Would you like to talk to the fellas and let them know how your weekend went? Yeah, I learned this weekend that I'm not meant for binge drinking anymore. I'm past the age where it's an acceptable activity for myself. Yeah, so Bam won't be joining any Beer Olympics team. This, I, I will this not. Summer. I will not. We, our scramble, huge success, by the way. It was a great scramble. Everybody it sounded had, fun. Everybody had a fantastic time. And it was a beer scramble, meaning it was a two-man scramble and however many beers your team drank got deducted from your score, which sounds fun in theory. It doesn't sound fun in theory. It sounds like a challenge, which sounds fun. It do, Like, in theory, like, you go out on the golf course, you drink a few beers, usually, like, having a good time, loosening up, and you don't think about it as a competitive activity. Yeah, that's fair. But then whenever you, like, get in the heat of the moment and you know, like, every beer, you're like, first of all, I want to drink this beer. Second of all, if I drink this beer, it will help me win. And (laughs) (laughs) That's so fucking deathly. Yeah. And whenever you get – that's all fun and games for the first, like – I think I was through the first, like, six or seven holes. I had gone through, like, five or six beers. And then the real problem became once my golf game started to slip a little bit and that mentality being like, well, you got to make up for it somewhere. Oh, we just missed that birdie putt. Guess I got to go fucking drink a beer. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, there's a fine line of like how drunk you get. And once you get to a certain point, once you start to get more and more drunk, there's no way you're going to get better at golf. No. So it's like, I just have to get more drunk. That's the only way I can say that was our strategy that we devised in the middle of it. When we saw, and it was an unspoken strategy, too. It was like, we never once were like, hey, we're playing like shit. Time to drink more beers. I think both of us instinctively were like, it's beer time because yeah. the golf time is not working. Right. Say, it always feel, it depends on your partner, too. Like, like if one of you is having a bad day and it's like you're playing scrambles. So, like, like, say you shank one and then you look at your buddy and he's just like, fuck. And he just immediately grabs a beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you're going to need to drink this. Beer. I absolutely, I was useless off the tee. For the entirety of, except for maybe like two or three holes where I had a good drive. However, I made a majority of the putts. Yeah. Like first hole, we hit it in the rough off the tee. We leave it short of the green. Um, and we're probably like five feet off into the fringe, like below the green. And I take a putter, drain it from off the green, like 20 foot putt (laughs) off the green. Like, here we go. We're fucking rolling now. I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine hitting iron shots like 15 beers deep. Oh. Like I don't even think I could see the ball. It was bad. Let alone make eye contact. Like I, I think after a while I would probably just take my 3 wood and just like because it's the broadest of like the clubs with the biggest hit angle and I would just like Try to smack it somewhere close to the green. Yeah, we're just going to basically putt this down the fairway. It's like I'm 130 yards out. It's like there's no way I'm making contact with a fucking pitching wedge or a nine iron. You like I'm just going to tap this. around. Like, or use a putter and just smash it. Around beer eight or nine, you really lose the ability to like process information that it takes to like hit a good golf shot. So at that point, you're just like you're considering no factors. You're not worried about wind or like whether the ball is above your feet. You're just like, there's the fucking ball. I'm going to hit it. Like, yeah. <laughs> not even looking where it's going. Yeah. Like, it got airborne. That was a success. I was proud of us that we pulled out. I think we pulled out a 77. With I believe, how many beers drank? With 20. No, we had a 78, actually. 78 with 28 beers drank. So you shot a 50. We shot a 50. That's T- insane. 22 under par. And you lost. And we lost by four strokes. What did they shoot? I think they shot a 69, but and, they had, and they drank 23 beers. Is that yeah? Okay, so they wait. So what did you shoot? We shot a 78. That's still so good. With like how many? Because me and you have played scramble fully Dead sober, sober before, and we shot one under par. Yeah, and you shot six over par. With, like, 30 combined beers. To be fair, we were, like, I think we were one over par after, like, 10 or 11 holes. And That's then we just good, tanked yeah. the yeah, last, that sounds like, about <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Oh, and I think what what you told me that was even funnier was the team that shot the lowest didn't didn't win. Yes, <laughs> they shot they shot like a what, what was they it? Shot like a sixty three. They shot like a nine under par, but they only drank like eleven or twelve beers. See, so they, that's the price you pay. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, but that's but but, but if they would have drank like. 20 to 25 beers, they, they probably, probably would have shot an 85. Yes, they probably would have <laughs> shot, yeah, maybe like a 68 or yeah. 69, and they still would have lost anyway. So so I guess here's my question is, what happens if you get to 17 and you've only drank like four or five beers a piece and you have like a you have like a five-stroke lead? Can you theoretically shotgun like five beers a piece? Yes. You had to have – the only rules were that you, you had to you wait. You can't slow everybody up. It had to be – well, I mean, obviously you got to keep like pace of play and stuff right. like that, but you have to. You could start drinking beer right after you tee off, and you have to stop drinking beer before your last putt goes in. See, I, I think that's what I would do is I would just like try to keep it manageable, like just keep the buzz going until like sixteen, and then like shotgun two or three beers a hole. Until so that, 18. by the way, you're not hammered until after the yeah, round anyway. I make the final putt and I just violently start vomiting. <laughs> I just fall down, <laughs> pass out. <laughs> Like, I made it. Collapse to your knees. <laughs> yeah, I go in tabletop mode. I'm just like. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah, I feel like that would be my move for sure. And then you're like, we got to go to a playoff. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> I'm useless. That's what happened. We had to have a putt off because two of the teams tied. How do you do a putt off? We. You went, each have like a 20 footer or We something. went to the putting green and they started you off on the opposite corner. And you had to putt to the furthest hole away. And it was whoever like got it whoever place. got whoever got it in first. Was like it one least. person or both people combined? One person. It was gonna one person was gonna go, and then if it was still tied, then the other person went. Okay, that's actually kind of fun. Yeah, it was fun. But we all at that point, like all of all of us that weren't involved in it, were just completely oblivious to what was going on. I noticed it like when it was halfway through, and I saw them over there doing it. and I walked over, and I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> How many teams were there? Uh, I think there was. We had there was eight teams. Eight teams. Oh wow, so sixteen people out there. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. We had four tea times, and we had like two groups for each tea time. Did you have to like tell the tell them ahead of time that you were doing something like that? I don't know what up? they told the golf course that we were going to do. I know they told them that we were doing this kind of scramble. I don't know how descriptive they were about like the amount of alcohol that we were going to be drinking during that. <laughs> I feel like that part was probably left out. Yeah, I would imagine so. Oh, are they actually talking about? The Bobcats' horrible drafting history. I saw Bismack Biombo in there. I think they're talking about the 2012 Bobcats team, the one that was like the worst one of all time. I actually watched them play live. So I, uh, a friend of my stepmom's had season tickets to the Pacers, and it was the year. It was the year where they were like really fucking good, like Paul George, David West, Roy Hibbert. George Hill, Lance like Stevenson. Janie Granger, like a fucking squad. Yeah. Like, I think that was the year they got beat in the second round by like Mellow's Knicks. But we went up there and he gave us these tickets, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder why he doesn't want to go to the game." And they were playing the, this this exact possibly, fucking team, possibly the worst team in NBA history. I think I think <clears> at the time, I think it, it was before the All Star break, so it would have been. I think the Pacers were probably like. 20 and 11 and the Bobcats were like fucking seven and like 20 or something like they were just absolutely no, they were, they had awful. to have been worse than that because I think they finished the season like 10 and 72 or well, something then, stupid so like then, that. Then, yeah, they were really fucking bad. I think the Pacers beat them by like 53. And then to rub salt in the wound, they didn't even get the number one pick. The Hornets got the number one pick, took Anthony Davis, and then they had the number two pick and took Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I do remember that. Yeah. See, I do like that <clears throat> that the NBA has the lottery, that it's not just, like, the absolute worst team yeah. gets the pick. Because, like, it doesn't discourage tanking, but it definitely penalizes for, like, tanking, and then, like, you don't get the pick, and it's like, fuck, what did we just do? Yeah, like the Pistons this year, who had the worst record in the league, and they ended up with, like, the fifth pick. Like, yeah, they wanted win, They wanted Wimbanyama so bad. That's why. No, he was never going anywhere other than the Spurs. Yeah. They you have just, too many French you connections. You just feel it in your bones. Yeah. Yeah, they were absolutely getting him NBA rigged. Yeah. Plus once again, plus they're not going to put like the greatest prospect since LeBron debatably on the fucking Pistons or the, you know, Hornets yeah. or somebody like there. He's going to a big, market. put him on the Utah jazz. Yeah. He's going to a big market. 
Oh, man. I think you had a story to tell me, I think. You okay, that. yes. So this is a story. Like, stop me if you think you've heard any of this before. All right. But I saw this on TikTok. And hold on. Where is it at? I pulled, I pulled up the article here so I could find it. It's about Florida, like University of Florida's baseball coach. I I heard briefly about it, but I didn't it, – it popped up on something. I think it was on, like, Twitter, but I didn't actually go into detail, so go ahead. So it was about their baseball coach, Kevin O'Sullivan. And I guess a few years ago, the um, – I don't know how much of this is corroborated – but a few years ago, the father of one of the Bat Boys okay. on, on Florida's team, I guess, went uh, – let's see. As a purpose above, all this relates to O'Sullivan. Mindy – oh, yeah. His new wife, Mindy, had her two sons tragically killed by her previous husband, who also killed himself during the same event in 2021. And the rumor was – that he killed himself because of an extramarital affair that she was having with the baseball coach at Florida. So he finds out that she's having an affair with the head coach of the team that the son is a bat boy for, kills his two sons and himself, and then a year or two later, she marries the baseball coach at Florida. Jesus fucking Christ. And they're together, like, to this day. He got a new... You got a blood wife. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> dude, that's so wild. Like, instead of just killing her, he, like, killed oh everyone else. That's some, like, vindictive shit because, you know, he was like, I'm going to hit her where it hurts the most. The pettiest possible thing I'm going to kill do. her children. <laughs> and then myself. myself. Holy shit. Well, also, Florida lost a bad boy, dude. Yeah. Can I talk about that? Yeah. I Those mean, are hard could, to find. That could have been the difference in yeah. them winning the championship. Yeah. <laughs> they were down a bad boy, dude. How are they supposed to function under those? Because that is the craziest. But I, I don't want that to be true. <laughs> it's such a wild. Yeah, like, like that's one of those things where, I mean, obviously affairs happen all the time. Like people cheat all the time. But that's a little cray cray. That's one of the like more brutal ones that I've heard. Yeah, and obviously the Florida head coach is not that affected by it. No, because he then marries the woman. Yeah, and he's just like, well, that's a that's a problem that I don't have to deal with, I guess. Yeah, that also is an ultimate like coach move. It's like nothing matters outside of this team. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't care about anything outside of winning a championship. It's just it's, I can't imagine that like a college, I can't imagine any baseball coach like doing like an insane amount of work. You know? Yeah. No. It's like you get like when you get to that level. Like, you have, like, assistant coaches, like, running the practices. Like, I get what, like, a head football coach does because it's, like, a lot of organization. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a baseball coach is just like, yeah, you guys, 3 to 4 o'clock, just go in the cage and hit some balls. Yeah, all they pretty <laughs> much do is just make – Make the lineup card. They make the lineup card, and they do make, like, most of the executive decisions. Like, if you – like, deciding on when to put a pitcher in, like, all that. Like, that. that's pretty much it. It's, there's no actual labor or – major practice planning like you probably have most of your coaches that make the whole practice plan but they're all like coach when do you want to take them out and he's like just wait yeah just wait like that's probably the most extent of like their thought because but, even the head coaches like at the high school level the, the head coaches will be the third base coach typically yeah. that's not happening no in mlb or the college level like they have their own he's just hanging level. out in the dugout yeah exactly but I feel like he's chewing bubble gum, spitting seeds. That's a job in professional sports. I feel like I, you could pluck me today, and oh, I could and I could do a serviceable I, job. I figure it out. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're making decisions like when to take pitchers out, but at the same time, like ninety percent of the time, it's like, okay, the guy just came in, walked two people, and then gave up a three run homer. It's like, yeah, you should fucking take him out. Yeah, Everybody knows that. Yeah, it's so, and also like at that high of level, and this is D one and up, um, they have so many like stats and statistics guys that they don't really have to keep track of anything. All they have to do is ask one of their interns. Be like, and they get a binder full of shit. Yeah, exactly. How many pitches is he at? Where's this dude's hot zones? Like all this stuff. Like they have all of the information right there on like an iPad. Yeah. That, that is, that somebody has been doing work on for 
eight hours the night before. Basically, if I was like an owner looking to hire a baseball coach, I would be strictly like going off like vibes. I'll be like, he seems like a cool guy to hang out with. Like the players will probably like being around him for the next six months of their life. Well, I feel like the new age head football coaches like that, like in the NFL, like that's what most of them are. Yeah. Like Sirianni, he's a great coach, but he's also strictly a player's coach. Like he's got him fucking uh, playing like Rochambeau and like shooting hoops and like the, the, the practices and stuff. And then I'm hearing that Eric Bieniemy is like the same way. And then you got McVay, who was essentially like 33 when he got hired. So it's like he's just same age as all of his players. So I just want a coach that like has no knowledge at all of like what plays the team is running. He's just strictly a hype man. He's just like, yeah, go out there and fucking knock their heads off. Yeah. And then the offensive and defensive coordinator have to come to the side and be like, all right, we're going to run this formation. And, this. Yeah. and the coach is like, fuck yeah, let's do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> just like walking around the outside of the huddle, like yeah. just randomly shouting shit. <laughs> He, like, sees a player, he's like, what the fuck was that? I was probably at that game. Yeah. <laughs> you probably were. Yep. <laughs> they just showed a picture of Paul George and one of the players, I'm assuming, is no longer in the league. It looks like They're he's wearing league. a Pacers home uniform, too. I was almost certainly at that game, probably. I can't imagine they played more than once. January 8th, 2012. That was way after. That's after the All-Star break then, isn't it? Wait, right before the All-Star right before break. the All-Star break, yeah. So I was right. All right, well, I think that'll probably wrap it up. Yeah, just kind of had a miscellaneous podcast. To yeah, throw it together. Hadn't talked to the boys in a while. Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah, just uh, tell you about our lives and um, how much we still fucking hate Duke's Mayo. It will never stop. Never dying. Never dying. Every time I see it in the supermarket, I, like, flip it off. I know. That's what like, the pinned tweet on my Twitter is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good. I know the mayonnaise, like, itself doesn't know. It doesn't have, like, the mind to comprehend that I hate it. But I'm, like, one, I want to put that energy out into the universe because I feel like in some way, like, somebody at Duke's Mayo will be like, there's somebody out there that's out for us. So, in some alternate universe, there is a world where, like, everything is constructed by, like, mayonnaise. Yeah. And, like, mayonnaise exists. And it knows that we hate Duke's mayonnaise. Yep. And it's plotting to come get us. <laughs> if we go missing, you know where to look first. <laughs> you know where we're at. <laughs> All right. And peace. Later. <laughs>